0: Chapter Fifty Four of The Wild Huntress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Wild Huntress by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter Fifty Four. The Red Hand. The whooping and the screaming are for a while suspended. Those in the rear have ridden up, and the straggling cavalcade becomes massed upon the plain at less than two hundred yards distance from the butte. Shouts are still heard and talking in an unknown tongue, but not the dread war cry that has failed in its effect and is heard no longer. Now and then, young warriors gallop towards the butte, vaunt their valor brandish their weapons, shoot off their arrows, and threaten us by word and gesture. All, however, keep well outside the perilous circumference covered by our guns. We perceive that they too have guns, both muskets and rifles, in all a dozen or more. We can tell that they are empty, those who carry them are dismounting to load. We may expect soon to receive their fire, but from the clumsy manner in which they handle their pieces, that need not terrify us any more than their arrows, already sent and falling far short. Half a dozen horsemen are conspicuous. They are chiefs, as can be told by the eagle plumes sticking in their hair, with other insignia on their breasts and bodies. These have ridden to the front and are grouped together, their horses standing head to head, their speeches and gesticulations declare that they are holding council. The movements of menace are no longer made. We have time to examine our enemies. They are so near that I need scarcely level the glass upon them, though through it, i can note every feature with minute distinctness they are not comanches their bodies are too big and their limbs too long for these ishmaelites of the southern plains neither are they of the Hicarilla apache they are too noble-looking to resemble these skulking jackals more like are they to the kiowas but no they are not kiowas i have met these indians and should know them their war cry did not resemble theirs theirs is the war cry of the comanche i should have known it at once cheyennes they may be since it is their special ground or might it be that tribe of still darker deadlier fame the hostile arapaho if they be arapahoes we need look for no mercy i sweep the glass over them seeking for signs by which i may identify our enemy i perceive one that is significant the leggings of the chiefs and principal warriors are fringed with scalps their shields are encircled by similar ornaments Most of these appendages are of dark hue, the locks long and black, but not all are of this kind or color. One shield is conspicuously different from the rest. A red hand is painted upon its black disc. It is the totem of him who carries it, a thick fringe of hair, Is set around its rim. The tufts are of different lengths and colors. There are tresses of brown, blonde, and even red, hair curled and wavy, coarse hair, and some soft and silky. Through the glass, I see all this with a clearness that leaves no doubt as to the character of these varied chevelures they are the scalps of whites both of men and women and the red hand upon the shield a red hand ah i remember there is a noted chief of the name famed for his hostility to the trappers famed for a ferocity unequalled among his race a savage who is said to delight in torturing his captives especially if it be a pale-face who has had the misfortune to fall into his hands can it be that fiend the red hand of the arapahoes the appearance of the man confirms my suspicion a body tall angular and ill-shaped scarred with cicatrist wounds and bent with age a face seamed with the traces of evil passion eyes deep sunken in their sockets and sparkling like coals of fire an aspect more fiend-like than human all this agrees with the descriptions i have had of the red-hand chief Assuredly it is he our enemies then are the arapahoes their leader the dreaded red hand heaven have mercy on us these men will have none such was the ejaculation that escaped my lips on recognizing or believing that i recognized the foe that was before us The Red Hand is seen to direct, he's evidently leader of the band. All seem obedient to his orders, all move with military promptness at his word or nod. Beyond doubt, it is the Red Hand and his followers, who for crimes and cold-blooded atrocities are noted as he, a dreaded band long known to the traitors of Santa Fe to the Sibileros, from the Taos Valley, to the trappers of the Arkansas and Platte. We are not the first party of white men besieged by these barbarous robbers. And if it be our fate to fall, we shall not be their first victims. Many a brave mountain man has already fallen a victim to their fiendish grasp, scarcely a trapper. Who cannot tell of some comrade who has been rubbed out by Red Hand and his Rappahoes? The council of the chiefs continues for some time. Some ruse is being devised and debated among them. With palpitating hearts we await the issue. I have made known my suspicions as to who is our enemy and cautioned my comrades. To be on their guard i have told them that if my conjecture prove right we need look for no mercy the talk is at an end red hand is about to address us riding two lengths in front of his followers the savage chief makes halt his shield is held conspicuously upward Its convexity towards us, not for any purpose of security, but evidently that we may see its device and know the bearer. Red Hand is conscious of the terror inspired by his name. In his other hand, he carries an object better calculated than the shield to beget fearful emotions. Poised at the point of his long spear, and held high aloft are the scalps recently taken there are six of them in the bunch easily told by the different hues of the hair and all easily identified as those of white men they are the scalps of the slain teamsters and others who had vainly attempted to defend the captured wagon they are all fresh and gory hang limber along the shaft the blood is not yet dry upon them the wet surface glitters in the sun we view them with singular emotions mine perhaps more singular than any i endeavor to identify some of those ghastly trophies i am but too satisfied at failing End of chapter 54. Recording by John Brandon.